You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, if you guys haven't had the opportunity to check out the Navigator Series, it's a brand new lineup from Lacrosse. They have the Windrose for men and women. They also have the Atlas, and that's what I wore during my rut vacation this fall. Check them out. They're very comfortable. Uh, it's a traditional rubber boot kind of mixed with a traditional hunting hiking boot they've mashed it together and the outcome is the navigator series check it out at lacrossefootwear.com welcome to the huntivore podcast where we celebrate our hunting and fishing lifestyle through the utilization and consumption of our wild game. No egos, no status, just catch it, cut it, and cook it. This is episode 37. Is wild game not the best recruitment tool? With Will Brantley. Nick sits down with Will Brantley, hunting editor for Field Stream Magazine. Back in October, Will wrote a tongue-in-cheek article entitled, Hunting is Much More Than Meat. Naturally, we had to bring him on to explain himself and chat about hunting recruitment, small game hunting, and everyday midweek meals hunters enjoy. If you enjoy this episode or any of our others, make sure you head on over and give us uh, a review and a rating. We'd really appreciate it. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Well, hey, folks. Good evening. Another episode of Huntivore here in the Spirit of America studios. I am sitting digitally from his new location with Dustin. Dustin, how are things over in the uh, middle of the mitten? They're chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> it's about all you can say about it, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're still looking at boxes upon boxes everywhere in the the new location. Are you in Lansing, Michigan? Gotcha. Right downtown or north of downtown? South of downtown. South, south of downtown. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know my way around Lansing, so I have no idea where you're at. (laughs) 
I'm still figuring it out, so don't worry about it. Gotcha. But is the is the commute a little better now that you're minutes as opposed to a good hour away? Yeah, it's uh it's a lot easier, especially on the little guy. Cause we were commuting with him, and that was a rough one. Ooh, I imagine. But he's settled into daycare. You yep. and wife are heading off to work now. Yeah. Picket fence, the whole dang deal. Nice. There's no picket fence. I made that up. No picket fence. <laughs> do you have a garage? I do. Yes. So you're going to be able to hang your deer in the garage. Three stalls. Three stall garage. Ladies and gentlemen, Dustin is moving up in the world here. I have arrived, yeah. So is is the boat project going to be able to uh, sit inside, or is that still going to be relegated over to Gun Lake? No, the boat will get wheeled into the third stall. That's awesome. Not flipped upside down next to the garage, but actually in the garage. Yep. As soon as I get all those boxes and all the other assorted stuff that I've been hoarding out of the stall where the boat shall go right now, it's upside down in front of the garage. Now, is Ellis into like the Power Wheels stuff yet? He's into it. He doesn't. He's got steering issues. <laughs> I think every Serious every three issues. to five year old has steering issues. Yeah, he's just as fast as he can, hard left into a wall. That's his strategy. Gotcha. And then he gets mad. Because right now I'm running both a Gator and a four wheeler, and so I've got adequate garage space until mm-hmm. these items have showed up. Because they just they take up a ton of room. Yeah, they're miniature and small. I'm putting quotations around both of those. Yeah. But their park job is terrible. And <laughs> you gotta be next to an outlet so that it automatically takes up extra room. Yeah. So just wait. Your three stalls will probably go to one very quick. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Just moving the sorted things into the garage. I was like, wow, my big garage isn't big anymore. <laughs> that was fast. So how about the man cave situation? Is that is that working out? Are you down in the basement again? Are you going to run another uh, water line for your coffee maker? I am in the basement. Uh, no, coffee maker is upstairs. So we have uh, a little more counter space. So we can have the Keurig, the teal Keurig that I was uh, boycotting and the dirty, nasty man coffee maker all, all upstairs. Nice. So yeah, Yeah. you're, it's all inclusive now. It is. You guys are, you guys are a real couple. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We cohabitate. Well, well, good deal. It's been a long time since we've talked, Dustin. I think the last time that we sat down and recorded something was pre-archery season uh, in October. It was. That was quite a while ago. Here we are running almost into Thanksgiving. By the time this is out, it'll be between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, The shotgunners will have had their way with the deer at, at that point. But anyway. Let's uh, let's recap our archery here. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going in and out. Being a part of the turkey farm, I have been putting in a lot of hours in the morning, and it's starting to take its toll on my health. So, oh, no. yeah, 
I got the head cold thing going and just getting by. I got just a couple more days of the early morning stuff, and then we transition to long days. But <laughs> we'll be very thankful when Thanksgiving is over. Yeah. So recap for me your archery season. You had a late start just because, yeah, you were moving. Yeah. But uh, you were hitting up a couple properties all at once. So lay, lay out what your what your uh, summary was for October. Yeah, so I was hunting, um, I guess technically I hunted three spots. I hunted a uh, public span, public land spot close to where my parents live. Um, and then I hunted a public land spot closer to work. And then I hunted a piece of private land that was basically a large bean field um, that I've had access to for a long time, but haven't spent a ton of time hunting it. So I bounced around between those properties, but I guess really, uh, really it was the two. So I was bouncing around between a bean field. So big egg bean field and then, uh, public land over by work. That was, uh, those are my, my spots this year. And what were you seeing on the, the public land side of it? Were you, were you seeing action? Were you seeing stuff going on? Yeah, I saw deer every time I sat in the public land spot, which I was pretty uh, pretty happy with. I, um, I just happened to be driving around and caught a deer working its way up a hill in a, a spot that I don't think I or anybody else would have guessed would have been a prime location just based on the fact that it was more or less off from the road and by some dude's backyard usually a spot you try to avoid just because and but i thought eh, i walk in there and i saw some sign thought i'd give it a shot so i yeah every time i sat in there i was seeing seeing deer so that was that was pretty cool i was happy with that and same thing with the the farm pretty much Every time I got out there too, which that spot usually I would see a deer like ten percent of the time that I went out, I was seeing deer every time I went out there too. So it was pretty good. I was in deer quite often, and I was seeing on public land. I was seeing a few small year and a half old bucks. Um, so that, I mean, that was it's nice to see. I mean, getting action out there was cool. Excellent, excellent. And now you you took a, a deer off both the pro, the the public and then one off the private as well. You got, you got two does under your belt, is that right? Yep, I did. Yeah, the, I got one within the first oh twenty minutes of the first sit on the public, and then that was on one the you private. could stick in your backpack, right? That was the one that was pretty small. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, not quite backpacks. Well, it depends. I don't know how many. Uh, if I had a large, you know, a several liter, like a 20 liter, a 20 liter <laughs> backpack, then it would fit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then, yeah, the one that I got on private 
took me a little bit longer. Yeah, and that was opportunities. A, that was a mega dough that you got. Yeah, I well to average it out, I had to find the largest dough on the private property to average out the embarrassment of which I put myself through on the first one. So, well, hey, that I way mean, it worked out. It's a small one, you know. It's just going to be super tender. That's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that so, second dough, holy smokes! What was, what was the hanging weight on that thing? It was one thirty-six. Jeez, oh beats! That is a big girl. Yeah, yeah. She darn near killed me pulling her out of the, the bean field, because it was that. Uh, just kind of a wet fall and the hide just stuck to that mud it was rough so by the time when you were dragging her she gained about 10 pounds just all with it in her hair yeah for sure yeah i don't actually know she probably she probably was lighter based on how much grit that i brought with her but yeah now you got that one tested right I did. I got them both. I ran them both through testing. Excellent. Uh, what was the age of the second one? I'm curious that. I don't think I've heard that one yet. Yeah, no. So they did age it at two and a half. Really? Yep. Yeah. So. Well, she had been eating beans for two years probably because she, yeah. she was big. She had some good genes there. For sure. Yep, but we ran them both through the the testing process and uh, both came back with non-detect. So, excellent, and that's non-detect for both TB and uh, CWD. Yep, good deal. Um, just kind of a current event, uh, and maybe you can answer more of this. Has Michigan met its like minimum quota? for the amount of CWD that they've wanted to test for like, as far as like CWD kits that they have ordered to have done. They, as the state have met their minimum. Is that, is that correct? Uh, so not entire, well, not really. So the strategy for the testing is based on where they're, you know, what they're trying to find out and where they're trying to, find it so there are certain areas that have met the um i guess quota if we're going to use that or met the the target number that they're trying to to try uh, to determine for that particular thing so um some areas have and some areas haven't there's some higher numbers in some areas than others depending on if they're trying to test at a certain percentage to see um kind of looking at the fringes is where the higher higher numbers are gotcha so yes in some areas and no one no in others again just being on that social media i've seen a lot of people be like hey i they said it wasn't mandatory that i had to turn in my deer and people were wanting to and they, they guess they felt like they were being turned away. And I don't know their situation, whether it was like they were being turned away or they didn't need any more or if they could still submit their deers because 
the Dropbox over here in Barry County is still there. So I yeah. drop I dropped my salvage buck off there, um, just the other day, and there was the thing was loaded with heads in there. So yeah, so you can definitely bring your deer in in Michigan at any time and have it tested whether the uh, target number has been met in that area or not. Now there can be some miscommunication whether a target goal, if it's met, whether. Uh, you know what the testing I guess protocol is for that but it doesn't matter if you're in a zone that has a number or out or whatever if you would like to have your deer tested you can do that that's good to know we'll keep it going because I was going to say I still have plenty of work to do here late season Um, my early season here in October was very successful other than in quality as much as quantity, I guess. I was really, really hit with the, uh, what do I want to say? The busyness in October, um, just with family and being a part of what was going on. Uh, we had our boy start basketball, so it was nights were kind of few and far between. Uh, the wife was doing some extra work late in the evening, so that was kind of killing my evening hunts. Like midweek was just heinous to yeah. try and get out, so I was left with with weekends. Um, but I had some good encounters with a couple bucks, um, both of which not actually in a tree. Uh, the one was getting down, and this mm-hmm. one kind of stuck. Um. It stuck with me that the fact that I've learned a couple things about where they're traveling, but what stunk about it is that I had climbed down in my climber early. I was being requested back, and as I was taking the climber off the tree, knelt down, and strapping it together, I hear uh, a deer coming through the weeds and the the prickers, and I happen to turn, Mm -hmm. and he's just... It was one of my, I don't want to say my target bucks, but it was definitely one of the bigger bucks that I had seen mm-hmm. on the the farm property. And here I was, st- knelt down next to a tree. I'm hoping to grab no. my, yeah, I'm hoping to grab my bow, and I reach for it, and my pack is on top of the bow because I was trying to keep the pack off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so I just knelt there, and... He, it was dark enough that he couldn't quite, as long as I stayed still, he didn't, yep. he couldn't quite make me out. He wasn't going to approach me, uh, but the wind was just right that, uh, I didn't spook him out of there until I then moved later. He, he had worked off about 60 yards and I gave him about three minutes to just do his thing. Well, little did I know for those three minutes, he was watching me from about 60 yards away. Mm-hmm. So I stood up, and then he was he was ticked. He, he blew and then ran off. So I was like, dang it. Yeah, it stinks. So, yeah, the wife was like, why are you late? Well, the buck that I was going to get had found, me pinned down. Yeah, had me pinned. So that didn't work. Um, But then the week after that, um, I had set up between a staging area and our picked cornfield. I was off off the cornfield about 
40 yards. And there was an area that got some really strong winds. Um, either it was last summer or last winter. I couldn't remember. But anyway, several trees fell in this area. And we ended up bucking those up and, and using those for firewood. But it made this nice sunny green area. And it really sprang up with some undergrowth. And it's become a, a hotbed. That's where I put my camera this year and was getting a lot of doe and fawn action just in this small little area. Um, so I was set up between those two, and that same storm had knocked down a tree that was in between my normal climber setup and a two-track. And that two-track we use with a couple of our gators just as a shortcut if we were going to go a different way around the woods, but it's also a great uh, path for the deer. They take that nonstop. So being 40 yards from that, now open to a shot, I thought I had a really good setup. And yeah. it was it was a great sit just in the fact that I when I set up, I had a plan, and that plan actually came to fruition. It wasn't like I was just hoping that a deer was going to come by. It wasn't that I was... Uh, guessing that this is going to be a spot. I just knew that this night there's going to be a doe here and I'm going to put it down. So I got in eh, about three o'clock, got set up nice and, and early. nice and early. And I had does and fawns off to the left of me. Well, shoot, check that right of me in that staging area at about five. So it was still really early that I, I was seeing deer. And they were laying down, messing with each other, getting back up, rummaging around, picking at leaves. And they messed around there for probably, oh, a good 15 minutes. And then as I'm watching them, I could see that there was a button buck. I could see that there were several fawns. I could see that there was like a medium-sized deer and then there was like the big nanny mama deer. Mm -hmm. And that was the one I was going for at that point. I was like, I'm taking big mama and just trying to get as much detail off of her as possible. I had, I've been burned in the past where deer have come into view left and then come back and I've shot the wrong one. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. 2017 button buck fiasco that that's what happened mm. i didn't want that to happen again <laughs> so getting as much characteristic as i could off uh the doe that i wanted and even checking out the other deer like all right this this is what they look like i i want to make sure like any distinguishing feature i was trying to pull out which even though they're different deer like it's really tough to like make out the difference between a whole herd of them. They all yeah. really blend together. So anyway, I done, I had watched them for about 15 minutes and I see that, uh, mama was trying, you know, you, you hear a little bleep or a bleep here off there for a little bit. And she'd just call to them to get them in line. And sure enough, they'd all move over. They're getting in line. And I see them heading down, the first part of the two track and they're going to disappear from my view for just a small 
second. So they disappear from my view, and I've already prearranged the two tracks. So I have drawn back at this point, and I'm just holding that 40-yard pin right where I want it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I was shaking. It wasn't like I was anxious. I, I was calm at this point. I had gotten myself into the zone of I'm just waiting for this deer to move into my sight picture. And out steps the doe. I see her, and I'm checking. I'm like, oh, that's that same color. She's a little bit more red than the rest of them. That is the one that I want. And she took two steps into that opening. I sent that arrow. It's the longest shot that I've taken. It's right at right at the threshold of my ethical shot, and at forty yards. So I shot, and there wasn't like a thump. There wasn't a, a like a crack or a thwack or no noise to even go off of, other than I sent the arrow, and then all the does and the fawns just exploded into different directions. They each scattered into their own location, and I saw my doe. She took off about 15 yards and turned around, and she's looking back at the two-track trying to see, like, what the heck just happened. And for a half a second, I'm thinking, did I just muff this shot? Oh, boy. And as I'm thinking this, I'm watching her just stare. I see her wobble, wobble, and just tip. And she falls over 60 yards from me. So it was like no track job. She just falls right there. So I'm looking at at white belly at 520 in the evening. I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah. The, the rest of the, of the herd, it took them about 10 minutes to even just kind of figure out what had happened to figure out where, Mm -hmm. where their, their leader had gone. And so, they stuck around for a little bit. A four-point came walking in. I had already knocked another arrow, and I was looking. I was like, oh, here comes a buck. This is going to be great. If I could tag yeah. out in one night, that would be splendid. But I saw he was a little forky, and all right, I'm not ready to throw an arrow at him yet. But he ended up finding my doe, and oh. I got worried. I thought he was going to try and mess her up. But, no, he sniffed her for a little bit, and then he saw the – the herd of the the little does and the the button buck and so then he started to push them around so eventually they then took off but i was able to get down and uh i left my my climber there and i walked back to the house and i was able to to load up the boys so i brought basically the whole family down all three boys and the wife and we were able to pull pull that doe out of the weeds and yeah, I really had to to yank on her. She was she was heavy, laying there. By the time I field dressed her out and got her hanging up, um, I don't have an actual number with it. I'm going off of feel at this point, based mm-hmm. upon uh, Brock's buck that he got last year. I judged her right about that same same weight. I do need to I do need to get a scale in order to make this like scientific but yeah. i'm just gonna go with my estimate of i think she was about 115 pounds as a hanging uh mm-hmm. hanging carcass weight um, nice yeah she was a nice big big deer got 
pretty much all of her, uh, all the the meat off of her. I did lose quite a bit of rib, just because of blood meat and hemorrhaging. Oh yeah, lot of lot of bleeding, lot of intercostal uh, coagulation of the blood. It really just it was kind of hard to use the back sides of those. I was able to use the back part of the ribs. I ended up just uh, rather than doing a roll. Or rather than trying to do ribs or even the the lollipops, I just boned them out, and then that that's going to get sent off to grind, just because of the state of how much I was actually going to pull off of it. Um, my buckeye is going to be a different story, but anyway, from that one, I I didn't get a ton of rib meat off, but anyway, I was pushing fifty five pounds of uh, boneless nice. off that dough, so that was a it was a good haul. Yeah, for sure. So then I also. As far as like taking a look at my equipment, the the heaviest arrow that I have created, that I have shot in the years of me shooting, right now is at six hundred and fifty grains. I That's made this one. yeah. I made this to basically go through bone. Mm-hmm. I don't want to worry about bone. I want this to yep. be the plan B that don't have to worry about it that if i'm a little bit too far forward i'm punching through it yep so my results of my bone cutting arrow my bone smashing arrow on this dough Mm -hmm. is i never even touched a bone (laughs) of course you knew that would happen i knew that was gonna happen but i i really didn't believe that it could there's so much into play. There's so many ribs. There's there's two shoulders. The animal's moving. Like, you're never going to get the most optimal angle. And I was shooting a two-blade uh, cutthroat. And as, I, as that arrow hit, it went in vertical. And mm-hmm. then it spun through the lungs... Because I had an angle on the first lung, I had an opposite angle on the second, mm-hmm. and then out vertical again on the opposite side between the ribs again. So it never touched a bone. That's nuts. So I guess my results of my bone splittingness, I couldn't quite answer that. Yeah. But at the same time, the cutting that that happened and the punch because I found my arrow 10 yards behind her in the dirt. Um, Fletches were all red. Uh, I had to pull. Yeah, it was probably a good three inches into the dirt. Even after going 10 yards, going through an animal going 10 yards and then yeah, three inches into the dirt. So it definitely right there. It definitely had some punch. But at the same time, I didn't lack any distance or any confidence as far as that distance. I had plenty of speed going on on that arrow. So I think overall, it's an absolute success. Um, The salvage buck that I ended up getting just before gun season, a friend of mine, um, he's, he's from California. And the hunting world is very obscure to him right now. He's yeah. 
I mean, being being a buddy of mine and my other my other friends here in Middleville, he's uh, he's beginning to get the idea of what mm-hmm. hunting is like, but he's got nothing. <laughs> he doesn't have a bow. He doesn't have a gun. He you know he's he's got a kitchen knife. You know that's the <laughs> that's the sharpest, leastless thing in his household right now. Nice. Well, anyway, this deer crawls basically into his backyard. Um, it's been hit by a car. Mm-hmm. I really wish I would have seen the car because for as big as this buck was, it was messed up. <laughs> um, the antler, actually, I, as I took it in, I had to, I took the antlers off. I left the skull cap, so I just chopped the antlers off. I'm going to send a mount to him. Um, cool. But anyway, uh, as I took off the one antler that had broken, it, it had separated from, it broke the skull. So I was literally looking down into the the brain cavity of this animal. So that thing was pretty much dead anyway. It yeah, uh, for sure. was probably going to be brain dead at any moment. But anyway, he gave me he gives me a call. Actually, it was through a chain of chain of people. He calls uh, his brother in law and his brother in law, or then my buddy who's the brother in law ends up calling me and asks hey can you can you go take him down I, I can't get over there like yeah it sounds good so after i got out of the stand i i went over there and sure enough there's this big old buck just just curled up mm-hmm. i felt bad but anyway i took a, a seven yard shot just to end him and there was no fanfare no drama he just he lunged forward and then he was done yeah um i do think though the reason i i say all this is that I shot uh, the same 650-grain arrow into mm-hmm. that one, and I did get opposite shoulder on that deer. And I can't tell if it was the car that did the damage or if it was my arrow, but there was a lot of bone splitting that was going on there. So, again, I don't have very accurate information just because... I don't know if it was me or the car. Yeah. But it was probably the 650 grain arrow. Either way, I'm still confident in it. (laughs) Yeah. That'll do the job. So that was my season. Um, Being a son of a poultry farmer, the, uh, I feel like that's a song. (laughs) Or Um, derogatory term. I'm not sure what. (laughs) Son of a poultry farmer. That's a good one. <laughs> so we've got Thanksgiving coming up, and that's it's really shut down my shotgun season. In fact, yeah. I I haven't been out at all. I did sight in my shotgun. The result was I'm probably better with the bow than the shotgun right now anyway. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm having some sight issues. I think I just need... I'm working with irons. Huh? You need glasses or no? I need scope. I need better guidance for yeah. or better mentorship from somebody who knows shotgun <laughs> iron sights. Gotcha. So we did figure out left and right, but it was the up and down. We were pulling it back, trying to go down, and it wasn't working. Mm. Was it we yeah, were going down or we're going up? Anyway. We were making the situation worse with gotcha. every movement. 
and I didn't have enough shells to really get the job done. So then I just said, hey, I'm just going to put this in the case, and we're going to figure it out later. Gotcha. This was a week before shotgun. Yeah, for sure. That's standard. Yep. So anyway, I put that up and just said, well, I'm going to take the bow out, but it's going to be okay because I won't even get out. Uh, just judging how, how busy of things have been, both at the household and the farm, that I'm just going to wait till muzzleloader and archery open up again afterwards, and then yeah. we'll, uh, we'll do it up that way. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat because um, I just moved into this new house, and there's a few things to do, so my time is pretty much going to be sucked up and moving things around and uh, a wiring project that I have and other assorted updates and whatnot. So uh, I think I may get out a little for a little bit on that Thanksgiving weekend. Um, hopefully otherwise, yeah, I think things will settle down by the time muzzleloader season rolls around and be able to get some time out then. Good deal. Now you'll be hitting probably public public land out there again. I think so. I'll, um, that's probably the most logical. I I have a doe tag yet for public land out here. So there's there's a spot that I was hunting, and then there's another little spot that I haven't been to on the opposite side of where I was hunting. Um, that I'm pretty intrigued on. That I may go check out and just do a blind walk in and maybe get it get lucky and get a doe that way good deal oh as i was looking through my notes we skipped over the the cwd uh check station business Mm -hmm. um i checked in so far i've checked in two deer the two deer that i got the salvage buck and the doe yeah um the doe experience was awesome just because i think i got in early enough being archery season there wasn't like a huge wait. Yep. You had told me that, yeah, it could be up to 30 days. I was like, really? I'm going to have to hold this for a month before I'm 100% confident that it's not detected and yep. I could eat it. Yeah. You're going to have to wait that long. Well, anyway, I got it back like in a week and a half. So I'm sure, I'm sure the gun season has uh, really added your, your 30 days to it. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's the window is built in there kind of for when it gets maxed out, which uh, shockingly typically happens right around the gun opener. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what it's from, but we, uh, get them done as soon as we can for sure. So anyway, took it in about a week and a half. I got the results back. The doe, she was four and a half years old. I was oh, girl. Yeah, I was surprised how old she was. Um, not given her size, but just I didn't think that we had that many old deer around where we're at, being right up next to state land and just kind of the way the neighboring properties have been uh, managed that it's like pretty much anything that if it's brown, it's down. Yeah. And 
I think there's a lot of people that are really kind of jumping away from that. And I mean, this is a testament saying that, yeah, I just got a four and a half year old doe. Um, yeah, she was definitely older than what I thought. I thought she was probably going to be like a three, three at max, but yeah, she surpassed that. But that was a really neat thing to not only get the testing done, but then actually to be able to get, you know, a neat piece of information. Yeah. Get an age to your animal. So I am, I am excited to see when the buck comes back. That's going to probably be a longer one. I just took that one in yesterday. So I know it said you're supposed to have those in within what? 72 hours. I'm way over that, but hopefully it'll still work. Yeah, no, that that's fine. <laughs> You're good. Well, good. Thank you. Dustin said. Dustin said yeah. it was okay if I brought it in late. Yeah. But the the Dropbox idea, I just I really like that because it, I didn't have to wait for somebody. I I filled out the tag and I just knew that the deer head was going to eventually get to the lab, and. Yeah, then it was online as far as I would just look it up, you know, whatever day I look it up. Oh, didn't happen. I'll look again tomorrow. And yep. that, you just give it a check once a day and, oh, here it is. And I get my information on that it was not detected on both TB and CWD, which was awesome. Yeah, that's a good feeling. I had, um, I didn't go through the, the bleach treatment yet. Um, just cause I guess I didn't need to, but my, what I had said in my CWD protocol for now knowing about the bleach treatment is that I was going to just hit everything between deer and have that done. Um, I've now done it on the table and my, uh, tub that I've been using for, Mm -hmm. for holding the meat. I've used that on both of those and, my uh my knives and my saw so i have bleached those out um i'm gonna end up cutting up three deer uh all three are from gun season now this at least the first week or second week that we're in right now gotcha um so i'm gonna be cutting those up so those will be getting tested here soon but anyway they're they're in the barry county area so it's i'm not i guess i'm not uh looking for forward to them being positive at the same time we're still monitoring for it so i'm still going to give it the bleach treatment as as i get done with all three of those um but what i I ended up doing was taking or actually i put paper down on the floor table goes on that because what i didn't want to do is get anything on my garage floor as we were cutting so anyway i got i had a roll of like builder's construction paper or the painter's construction paper, that Mm -hmm. stuff you, I mean, it's, it's kind of expensive, but at the same time you end up with a really long roll. And I've been working on my kitchen. I believe our kitchen reno is now going on its second year. (laughs) It's a long time coming. But anyway, I still had some of that left over. So that's what I threw down. And that was a great ground cover. You know, you weren't tripping over it. It wasn't like a tarp or anything that would, like, ride yeah. up. Like, those pa- papers would stay flat. Kept all the blood contained so that I did. I just rolled those up, and those went into the dumpster uh, that was going to go to the landfill. And, yeah, I just having a tub with plastic bag so that all my scrap could go into that. 
And what I did is I then vacked all my meat and I put it in a box and labeled it, what it was, where I got it, and I just stuck it in the freezer. Nice. And I didn't touch it. Yeah. At the same time, the cloths and rags that I used to wipe down my table, I ended up drying those and then putting those in a sack as well and tying that off into like a like a Meyer bag. Yep. Because if any prions were going to be transferred, that's where they're going to be at is they're going to be in the rags that you're cleaning with. They're a non, I mean, they're porous. They yeah. soak up stuff. It's, they're going to be all inside there. You're not going to want to use those ever again on something else to say if they, yeah, no. if it was positive. So anyway, I sacked them up and I had that tied off and it basically was just the waiting game. And having that forethought to be, if this comes back detected, the box just needs to be lifted out and tossed. You know, there's not a, there's not like a search for all the pieces. There's not a, oh, like what pieces did I eat? Is, you know, are we now in danger of it? It's, I put the whole thing, the tenderloins, the backstrap, the heart, everything I stuck to the side, mm. knowing that, hey, it'll be a celebration once we got the information back. Yeah. At the same time, the rags were bagged up so that, hey, now they've just been bagged up sitting on my shelf. They're ready to go for the next round because they're clean. They don't have the prions on them. And the meat can stay right where it's at because it's frozen in a box. So that's my protocol that I did with that as far as my steps. that it, I guess it's just for me, but it, it gives me confidence knowing that, like, if something were to go bad, all I had to do was just pick up the box and pitch it. There, yeah. wasn't, a, there wasn't a lot of drama to it. It was pretty, I mean, it's not like there was a ton of extra that you did. You just paid attention to what you did and had a plan. Yeah. So I think that's, because I know I've I've talked to a couple people that, yeah, they've, oh, it just seems like a big hassle. It's like, well, you know, ending up with a brain disease seems like a hassle too. So... <laughs> I'd rather not do that. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants a, wants a, a disease. So anyway, the whole process of getting tested and having stuff done, I personally, oh, well, I don't want to say I had an enjoyable time, but I had a, I was minimally harassed by, or minimally upset by the whole thing. It took me just a couple minutes to run over there, drop off the head. You know, I just had to wait a little while, and I got my results back. I thought efficiently and quickly that I can now open up my box and enjoy the enjoy the deer in a timely fashion. So yeah. ultimately, no skin off my back, and yeah, it seemed very painless, very painless process. Good stuff. Um... Yeah, that's getting me. <clears throat> that's getting down through a bunch of stuff I was talking about, and I know sitting out shotgun season um, has been a bummer. And I still look out my window and I see the squirrels now. And so I've recently just had squirrel on the mind. Oh like yeah. If, if I if it's if it's tough to get out and get deer, what would it be to get out and just get some like field edge fringe? fox squirrels i mean those suckers are i bet you they're four pounds a piece 
just yeah. eating corn. Tell um, you go and try to get one of those suckers, and all of a sudden, poof, they all disappear. They do. They do. But I've just had them on the mind. Like, yeah. wow, something about squirrel. I, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to blow up my area. Um, but I, I just, I've got a hankering to get out and really just get some limits of squirrels this year. I dabbled last year and I just had a riot and I, I think this is going to be something that's really fun. Um, my kids had a great time with it. And so I think we're going to be walking out there. I think I'm going to have several helpers, which could be successful and yet non-successful. The whole whispers on your definition of success. Yes. The whispering X, the whispering capability is still yeah. not there. Yeah, that's tough. Um, also, we've got a mission, Dustin. Mm-hmm. We have been charged with the task of finding a heart recipe for Dan Johnson's monster buck that he oh, just boy. got. What you thinking? You got any first thoughts? Well, he mentioned the idea. He's like, yeah, I, I, I want to do a recipe. I want to do something fun, unique. But at the same time, this is Dan Johnson. He's got nine fingers. Yeah. He, culinarily, I don't think he's inept. But I think whatever recipe we come up with, we're going to have to be we're going to have to be make it fairly easy. Yeah. So like a recipe I would do. The recipe that the everyman would do. Yeah. I th- and that's not me saying that Dan is can't handle himself in the kitchen. I mean, he is an outright buck giant a giant buck killer. But what I was thinking is that yeah, I need to have a fail-safe recipe that we're going to be able to do. Um I thought about smoking a heart. I think that would be really good. Yeah. I did mention heart rings. That has been a, always been a go-to Yeah, for me. But he wanted something more a unique more, than that. A little yeah. more exotic. Yeah. So we may have to go south the border. We may have to be doing some, uh, some heart tacos on this one. Heart tacos. Mm, I like it. I didn't ask him if he kept his the tongue on the deer because I know there's a traditional taco made with tongue, but I don't Mm. think you would get a lot of tacos out of just one white tail tongue. No, probably not. But anyway, that's been on our docket is we got to figure out what to do. Um, He didn't necessarily give us a timeline because I was like, Oh man, what do I got? Like a week, two weeks to come up with something. I want to, I want to make sure that it's, that it's from us that we're not jumping in on anybody's territory. And he's like, no, 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 it doesn't need to be right now. It's in the freezer. So I was like, okay, good. Cool. So I got a little time to think about it. But Dustin, if you were to do a, I don't want to say fancy. If you were to do a Dustin esque preparation on a heart, Mm -hmm. what would you do? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Leaving it in the field is not an option. No, 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 no. No, I don't do that anymore. Uh, So I have under my belt two hearts uh, total. And 
And the first one I did breakfast style. And I think I just cooked that in butter, I believe. So I just did a, a pan fry in butter. And I did an egg with that and salt and pepper. And that was about it. But it, yeah, and that one was super good. I was blown away by how, how good that one was. And then I did the big dough. Um, I did that one. I think it was olive oil, salt and pepper, and I did some onion. And also super good. That one, I was sitting in the stand from an all-day sit and just thinking about that hard all day. So it was all I could do not to just bite it like an apple. <laughs> <laughs> so my... Uh, I. I did overcook that one a little bit because I got the pan real screaming hot and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it, I mean, it was good. Even, I mean, even the overcooked stuff I thought was good. What was your target doneness? Were you looking at like medium, medium rare? What were you looking yeah, at? Yeah, I was just trying to go for a medium and I pretty religiously used the thermometer, but for some reason, I feel like I don't ever want to use it on the heart, so I was just going on kind of color. I did the rings on that, too, so I just kind of lopped off. The top trimmed her out a little bit and then sliced her into even even rings. I tell you, the ring the ring idea is just dynamite. That's our, our beer camp. I can't even call it deer camp anymore because nobody <laughs> ends up going out for deer the next day. Uh, but it's basically just kind of like a recap of our first part of our season with uh, my Middleville group of guys. And that's kind of been our new tradition is that we always bring out each guy brings out whatever deer heart that we got. And this year we're going to, we're going to feast. We got like seven or eight deer. So we got oh, like seven or eight hearts. Nice. So I thought about changing up, my normal rings and having a couple that we, uh, that I smoke up. I thought about mm -hmm. smoking a couple, um, and then trying that preparation out. Um, rings is going to be, be there as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's, that's always kind of been my go-to. And so now we've been charged with thinking outside the box. So, but I like, I like where you're going with breakfast style. That might be, that might be a route that we look into or even just, yeah. Do we try something, different like with the the tacos i think like a chimichurri on it i think would be really good like a green sauce would be oh, yeah would pair really nice with that heart yeah i'd go for that something a little acidic and spicy Mm-hmm. yeah now i'm hungry again well that's our job <laughs> we try to make everybody hungry so that they go out and they get more game. Exactly. Dustin, you got anything else for us tonight? Anything that's pressing on your mind? The only thing that I got is I found a mouse as we we're sitting here. And so now I added a thing to my list of <laughs> stuff to do. And I don't think shooting him with my bow is probably going to be the appropriate press of action. So I guess I'm going to be a trapper here in the new homestead. I tell you, if... If you can't get out and trap large animal, trapping mice is yeah. definitely 
that's an all season or actually that's an all winter thing just because those things want to be inside all the time. Yeah. If you make it a game, it really, it really does become fun. And you're like, I know there's another mouse here. And so you start, <laughs> you start really thinking about trap placement and you start thinking about routes of these mice. Yeah. Yeah. So I have route one is over by the metal beam in my basement. I saw him scamper down that about 30 minutes ago. Didn't scream like a girl, so left well, the audio intact. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yep. So that's all I got. That, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. First thing I try up on the home, new homestead. You going to get it mounted? Shoulder? It's Euro? possible. I might go full body. I don't know. Full body, love it. If I can afford it. I don't know what the cost is on a full body mouse. It's probably three, four hundred bucks, but it's worth it. Well, it's all detail work at that point. Yeah, I know. All right, and you need to get a realistic one. Like I'm not gonna get a crappy one. So, well, good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you got your priorities in line there, Dustin. <laughs> For sure. How about you? What do you got? Um. Yeah, speaking of rodents, I've just been thinking about squirrels. It could yeah. be because Hank Shaw is back on the podcast wagon. Um, Ooh, he's back. He's back, man. He's got season two coming out, and he's taking more of a focused route. Right now it's going to be a lot of like upland. He's going to basically take a topic or a specific game animal and talk about it for two hours or one and a half hours. I forget yeah. how long this one is. I think it's a one and a half hours. Um, or maybe it's one. I can't remember what how long it was. But anyway, the first one was on squirrels. That's probably why I've just been had squirrels on the mind. Mm -hmm. um, but just an entire geek out about it. Um, so I know Upland Game is on the docket. And a lot of birds. So I think he's going to have like an hour's worth of talk on pheasant. He's going to be talking about chuckers. He's going to talk about woodcock. If you're an upland person, you need to look up hunt, gather, cook, hunt, gather, gardener, cook, hunt, oh, gardener, it. gather, cook. Anyway, those four terms. Ooh, if you look up, look yeah. up Hank Shaw, and you will find it. It is an absolute geek out fest on whatever topic that you're looking for. Currently, it's just squirrels. I think he's probably out weekly or biweekly. But anyway. He had a guy on there. Uh, they've, I don't know if it's self-made or if it's actually a thing, but they are both squirrel slam holders. Oh. They have every squirrel species uh, in the United States. And you'd think that wouldn't be very many, but apparently there's like eight different kinds of squirrels here in the United States. That's a, that's a big slam. So anyway, I thought... I, I've already got the squirrel slam, including the uh, the red squirrel, those hyperactive little little mm -hmm. guys. Yeah, the uh, ones that yell at you? Yes. Abusive little suckers. Oh, yeah. So I've, much hate. Well, that's really why that guy met his demise, because he was mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got a, a big fox. And I've got the both phases of the gray Ooh. squirrel. I've got a gray and I've got a black black phase gray. So 
I feel like I've done pretty well in my one season of committed squirrel hunting in Michigan that I've got the Michigan slam, but now yeah, we need to expand out. Yeah. You got to get chipmunk in there. Well, even woodchuck woodchucks, I guess part of the squirrel family. Yeah. That would be, that's one that I want to try out. I think that's really one that everybody turns their heads away from, but I want to, I want to go like the, who's the guy on, food channel who like eats all like the exotic stuff that, oh yeah zimmerman or whatever his name is i can't even think of it he eats all the gross stuff anyway that's i i put the woodchuck up his alley as far as i'm sure it's probably edible but uh yeah we're just gonna have to give it a shot i still have the freezer beaver which is that's a problem yes we gotta do we gotta do some beaver in the uh, culinary sense. Yeah. We, we're, we're still, I mean, I think we're still under a year on that guy. So we're good. Gotcha. Did John trap that one? He did. He did. We had John on, was that last year we had John on? It was a while ago. Probably in this late winter, early spring. Yeah. Somewhere. But yeah. Yeah, he's trapped a few more, I think, since then. And I, I told him, I need a tail. So I want to try out uh, the the brainchild that I have going on of beaver beans. Yeah. I think that would be a really good, instead of pork and beans, do beaver tail and beans. Because it is. It's all fat. It's all, you can render that out. I think I think it would really be a good good mix. I agree. Well, Dustin, I'm glad you're getting settled over there in Lansing. It's hopefully going to become home here to you soon. It might take a little while. Yeah, we'll get there. Gotcha. Well, we'll hold down the fort over here in Middleville. And, uh, yeah, why don't you uh, wrap us up there, Dustin? All right, yeah. So next time we talk, we're going to have a whole lot more success of late season and one stellar heart recipe that uh, is going to change the world. Yeah, that's right. We need to get more, more bucks. We're not done. Something about it. I felt like, man, we're done, but we're only halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. Next time we got more stories. Good. Good. Well, Hey, on that note, folks continue to get out into the trees, into the blinds, and keep your neck sharp.